Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. Saving for retirement hopefully means watching your assets grow and with planning, not having to dive deeply into any of them to cover life. Uh, wait a minute. You will have to take money out. The government says so. Foster and Motley's Nick Roth is with me, Patrice Sikora, to explain required minimum distributions. Now, Nick, this is not as simple a rule as it may seem. Patrice, it really isn't. It used to be simpler, and then the government got involved and, and wanted to make some changes. So uh, we're here to talk about what those changes are and how it impacts people and, and what they can do about it. All right. First, what is a required minimum distribution? The name is pretty pretty clear, but tell me about it. Sure. So each year, if you have a qualified retirement account, which is an account that you have not paid tax on yet, i.e. that would be a IRA, but not a Roth IRA, or it could be a 401k. There's also qualified annuities. Any types of retirement accounts that you have not paid tax on yet will eventually have a distribution requirement. And it's basically just the government saying that we've allowed you to defer taxes on this account for some period of time. And now we want to run that money through the tax system so that they can collect the taxes uh, that you should have owed years ago uh, on that money. Now there are, so why are we talking about this? There are other questions I've got coming, but really, does everybody get hit with this? Patrice, they will. Everybody is going to be impacted by RMDs at some point in their lives, whether that be that you inherit an account that will have a required minimum distribution, whether you need to help a family member with their finances and they have a required minimum distribution to worry about, or at some point in your own life, you are going to have to worry about it. So this really impacts everybody. But the reason that we're talking about it today is that the government has made some changes over the last few years, and we want to talk about those changes and make sure people are educated. Oh, surprise, surprise. Washington gets their, gets their piece, don't they? So what age do we have to start looking at RMDs? It depends what type of account we're talking about. For traditional accounts that are owned by you and have always been owned by you, the government made some changes back in 2019 called the SECURE Act. And the previous age was 70 and a half, which made no sense to anybody, (laughs) but they have updated that. Now it is age 72, which is a much nicer round number for people. But what does it mean? Uh, 72. When I turn 72, I, I have to take money out or will the custodian of my account automatically give me that money? No, you're responsible for taking your RMD. However, most custodians will calculate what your required minimum distribution is. So they'll tell you how much you need to take, but you're ultimately responsible for taking it out of the account. And then the question is, how much? Yeah, so it really varies and it it depends on what kind of account. As we said, we'll stick with, this has been your account your entire life. You hit age 72 There's a divisor that is going to be associated with your age, and the government always looks at the 1231 balance from the prior year. So let's say I have turned 72 this year. Whatever my balance was at the end of last year, we will take that number, divide it against the divisor that is associated with my age, and that will create a number 
And that number is the amount of money that you have to take out of the account. All right, Nick, this divisor, does it, all, does it ever change? Patrice, it hasn't changed in a really long time, but when the government pushed back the age that you had to make a distribution for the first time, they went back and looked at the life expectancy calculations and realized that there needed to be updates there. So starting this year, the divisors have changed and everybody is allowed to recalculate their divisor based on the new life expectancy calculations. So for the majority of individuals, this will mean that you will be required to take less money out of your IRA this year compared to last year on a percentage basis. So you've so far been talking about accounts that you have owned individually. What about something that you inherit? Yeah, so there's, of course, the government stepped in and there's two separate sets of rules that you have to worry about. So the first set is if you inherited the account prior to 2020. So if, if your loved one passed away prior to 12-31-2019, then you are subject to this set of rules. And this set of rules is very similar to if you owned the account outright. It is a set distribution schedule. There's a divisor that's get, that gets calculated every year. And you have to take out a portion of the account every year for the remainder of your life. The only difference between that divisor calculation and if the account was your own is that divisor is set in the year that you inherit the account. And it just gets subtracted by one every year thereafter. So if the divisor was five when you inherit the account, then the next year it'll be four, the next year it'll be three, two, and then when the divisor reaches one, you have to take the rest of the account out in that year. Now, most people start with a divisor much greater than five, but that's how the inherited IRA divisor is calculated before the year 2020. Already my head is starting to hurt. We try to make this as simple as possible, Patrice, <laughs> but the, the rules are rather complicated. And as we've already talked about, when Congress gets involved, they can't keep anything simple. But so true. the next set of rules they have tried to simplify. Okay, please help me. So if you inherited the account after 2020, so 1-1-2020 or later, then there's actually no required distribution until the 10th year that you've owned the account. It was intended to simplify the rules, but also accelerate the amount of time that all of the assets run through the tax system. If you were a young person under the previous rules, you could extend those distributions for your entire life and the government wouldn't get their hands on the tax money as quickly. Now, everyone only has 10 years to distribute the account. So you can take oh. $0 out for the first nine years and then all of it in year 10, or you can take it all out in year one and just be done with the account. But everything has to be distributed within 10 years. So we're only two years into the, these new rules. So nobody actually has gotten to year 10 yet, Patrice. And, and that's the interesting thing. We're going to see a lot of changes once we have people reaching the 10th year of this account, and they will actually have to start taking money out. What happens if I miss an RMD? If you miss an RMD, there are significant costs depending on the size. The penalty that has been a prescribed by the government is 50% of the total amount of your RMD, which depending on the size could be a significant dollar amount. 
the thing is the government isn't necessarily they can't keep track of everyone's rmd so there's a, they're counting on you to do the right thing and take the money out so if you don't that's why they prescribe such a high penalty because there's a lot of trust there and they just want to completely discourage that so obviously we encourage all our clients to follow the rules and make sure they take enough out on an annual basis However, there is an abatement process that a financial advisor could help you with if for some reason you missed an RMD. The government is willing to waive those fees as long as you show that you've taken corrective action, which means that you've taken how much you should have taken in that subsequent years. Okay. You have two examples here. Talk to me about those. Yeah. So there are different ways to approach the new rules, and it's going to vary by every client. The old rules were very simple. You got to stretch the distributions for as long as you wanted and you could take them fairly slowly and deplete the account over time. With the new 10-year rule, there's not as much flexibility and people need to think about how they're going to structure their distributions over 10 years. Just as a broad example, we have two clients, their father was a client, they inherited an IRA from him when he passed away, and they've both taken separate paths to how they are going to distribute the account. One brother is working and making a lot of money and won't be retired within the 10-year time frame, so he'll never really have a low tax bracket year to take money out in. So the best option for him is to take equal distributions over 10 years and just deplete the account as slowly as possible within the 10-year time frame. The other brother, on the other hand, is only five years from retirement. And so after he retires, his income will be way down and he'll be in a lower tax bracket. So he's going to take $0 out of the account for the first five years. And then after he retires, we'll start taking distributions out of the account over his remaining five years in order to take advantage of the lower tax brackets that he'll be in. Interesting. Two different routes, but gets you to the same goal. Absolutely. Very interesting. All right. So what should we be doing? What should we be thinking of? Yeah, there's a couple actionable steps that I think people can think about when they're considering either if they have an inherited IRA, how to take their distributions, or if they have an IRA that they're planning on leaving to their children and the best ways to deal with that. The, the first thing to know is that the new rules do limit your ability to stretch the distribution. This 10-year window is, is a 10-year window and looking out over the next 10 years is sometimes difficult. So taking the time to think about what the next 10 years of your life look like from a tax perspective is something that a financial advisor can really help you do if you're struggling to do it yourself. So planning for what those next 10 years look like is an important step once you inherit an IRA. All right. And then less pre-tax money to someone in a higher tax bracket? Yeah. So the second thing is if you haven't passed away yet and you have an IRA that you're considering giving to your children, and let's go back to the example of the brothers, right? One brother is a high earner who is making a lot of money and is going to be in a high tax bracket for the foreseeable future. It may be better to leave him post-tax money that you've already paid tax on so that he doesn't have to pay tax on it in his highest tax bracket. And then you may have another son that you know is 
living life and doing fine, but just isn't in those highest tax brackets. And you can leave pre-tax money to that child so that it comes out at maybe a 22% tax bracket instead of a 37% tax bracket for your other child. All right. Nick, obviously there are, are lots of questions here, lots of ins and outs of this RMD. How can people reach you at Foster and Motley? Yeah, I think the most important thing to keep in mind, Patrice, there is that things change. And so it's always best to consult your FM team or a financial professional if you have questions. And people can reach us at 513-561-6640 or visit our website at fosterandmotley.com. So required minimum distributions, people, are something you do not want to mess up. Nick, thanks for so much information. And for quick, useful information about your finances, follow this podcast and share with others. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.